one particularly stormy evening, a family of four came to the famous Fort Garry Hotel. In this little family, there was a smart little girl with the most perfect ponytail you have ever seen. She always wore a one-color shirt with jeans. There was also a decent-looking boy with messy hair. He wore any random shirt and pants he could find. And, of course, there was the mom and the dad. They're pretty much the average mom and dad you probably have. Let's begin the story. Mitchell, Jenny, have you two unpacked yet? Called mom from her room of the hotel. Yes, my brother and I said at the same time. We were used to talking at the same time since we are twins. You already asked us that like 10 minutes ago. I'm sorry, mom said. I'm just used to being at home. We were staying at Hotel Fort Garry for vacation since we've had a long week stuck at home when our school shut down because of a power outage. So my brother and I put on our PJs and fell asleep in our hotel room to the smell of a carton of expired milk. Boom! Thwack! There was a sound like a screech. I opened my eyes and there was a smoky figure with the face of a man I could almost swear I recognized. I hid shivering under my covers in shock. But when I could not take it anymore, I sat up. But it was gone. And in its place, there was a shimmery note the color of freshly fallen snow. I grabbed it to see what it said. I read, Come now, follow the trail of light. The note then disappeared into a very thin string of light. I was still in shock, my heart pounding, my eyes popping out of my head, when my brother Mitchell awoke from the light. What the heck is that, he said, referring to what appeared to be a string of light. All I could say was mumble a few words, like light, ghost, and follow. Once I came to my senses, I explained what had happened. Not so surprisingly, my brother believed me, but only because there was a string of light in our room. We both put on some slippers, a sweater, and tatted out the door, and down a dark staircase that was only now illuminated by a string of light. When we got to the bottom of the staircase, tripping on our feet, there was a long hallway with many doors on either side. As we walked past each door, following the light, they would slam behind us, one after another. Once we got to the other end of the hallway, the string of light got brighter and brighter, then jerked to the right and disappeared through the wall. At that moment, Mitchell was too freaked out. He sat on the ground and started to smack himself repeatedly. What are you doing? I yelled in an exasperated tone. Then I understood. This is not a dream, I told him. He looked at me and stood up. I know it was, I was just a, um, uh, it does not matter, I told him. We just have to get through this wall. But how? Mitchell's eyes lit up. I know, Mitchell said. He ran to the back of the hall and yelled, Kalabunga! Straight to the, towards the wall. He went through it, but not far, only about a meter through. To the side of it, there was a tunnel that led to a door. We slowly walked to the, to the end of the tunnel and towards the door. I opened the door slightly, only a crack to look inside. Inside, there was the ghostly figure of a man sitting on a long table next to a big blood-red button that seemed to call me to press it. And in the back of the room was a large machine with three levers and two doors leading to two small rooms. 
I instantly smelled the same smell as I did when our old car broke down because of the rust. We slowly stepped into the room. I accidentally kicked a pebble. Clack, clack, clack. The ghost turned around and came straight to us. He spoke in a language that to us sounded like a screech, which is probably what he was trying to do earlier. Communicate. I asked him if he was trying to communicate, and he nodded yes. I walked toward the machine. What is this for, I said aloud. The ghost came zooming towards me, and a note like the one we found before appeared in his hand as he grabbed it from thin air. He gave me the note, then went to Mitchell. I read aloud. The machine has been used by my whole family to turn us into humans if if we ever had unfinished business or were unable to pass into the other world. I gasped. Why haven't you used it to do your unfinished business, I asked. This time, he wrote in the dust of the machine, I need the key. Key, I said in my head. At the corner of my eye, I saw something shimmering. I slowly walked towards it. Once I got close enough, I saw a thick book staring at me. It had a golden cover that had the aroma of my great-grandma. I opened it up, and on the top of the page, it said in big letters, Tom. I read more. Unfinished business. Help to pass on is Jenny and Mitchell. In room 10, hallway B. Must find key. My eyes grew twice their size. That's us, I cried. Mitchell and the ghost came to me to see what I saw. Then Mitchell looked, and his eyes went large, too. The ghost, however, nodded, then mouthed, Please help me. Why ask us, though? We're nothing special. We're just kids, I explained. But the ghost only shrugged. Then an idea popped into my head. Could it be, I said to myself? Nah, it can't be. We agreed to help him pass on. All we needed was the key. Where could the key be, murmured Mitchell. Then the ghost spoke. He spoke in an eerie whisper and said, Museum. My brother and I jumped back instantly. Yeah, you can talk, we said together. The ghost nodded once more. We arrived in the artifact room of the hotel. On the door, it said, Do not enter, in big yellow letters, the color of a banana. We ignored the sign, however, and walked in, gawking. Inside, there were dinosaur bones, amethysts, and many more. But also, there was a golden key. There it is, I yelled, but I had made a grave mistake. Suddenly, a head poked out from under the table. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I knew you'd be coming for the key sooner or later, Tom, said the head. Then it floated upward and attached itself to the human body, which was hidden in the corner of the room. Tom? Oh, you're Tom from the book, I said to the ghost. But he wasn't paying attention. He was looking directly at the bodiless ghost, who had a human body with a ghost head. Then, as soon as I realized Tom wasn't paying attention, there was a loud bong of the clock, which, as I counted, bonked 12 times. It was midnight. I started to sway side to side. The windows flew open. There was a blast of air. Then everything was still. Even the small fly, who was flying past me a moment ago, was still. As I looked up, I saw standing before me a ghost-headed werewolf. 
Mitchell, Tom, and my jaw dropped, our hearts pounding faster than ever. We have never seen anything like it in our lives, and I guess in our death, too. The half-werewolf, half-ghost just laughed. Ha! The key is mine forever, he cackled. Then a thought came to me, and I ran straight to the janitor's closet, checked in the mirror, and grabbed the tiny vacuum. I ran out of the janitor's closet with my mouth wide open, chomping up and down. I ran to the werewolf, and right before he would have killed me with his claws, I lunged and bit his leg as hard and as tight as I could. When I backed up, the werewolf shrieked in pain and fell to the floor, dead. Yes, I said to myself, proud of my bravery. Huh, my brother and Tom said, their heads spinning in wonder of what has just happened. I explained. I have a silver cavity and remembered the movie where they shoot the silver bullet at the werewolf and it dies immediately. They were about to applause when I remembered the head of the ghost was still there. I grabbed the mini vacuum cleaner, turned it on, ran to the head, and sucked it up, the vacuum screaming as it did. I tried to turn the vacuum cleaner off, but instead, I pressed full power by accident. I flew into the air, heading straight for Tom. Stop! I yelled. Stop! Right before I was about to suck Tom up, he said in his eerie voice, You were right. I am. He was gone. I had sucked him up, and right when he was talking, I dropped the vacuum with tears in my eyes. I asked myself what he was. What was I right about? Mitchell and I walked to the exit and went to our room. When we arrived in our room, we saw a glittering note on my bed. I walked towards it, picked it up, and read, You were right. I am your grandpa, Thomas. You were right. I am your grandpa, Thomas. I knew you figured it out when you saw the name Tom and said, could it be earlier? Oh, and congrats. You killed Malzma. That's the name of the ghost headed. Here's the key for if you ever, if for if you or your brother ever need to go to the other world. I sat there for a moment and knowing I killed our grandpa, my hands on my eyes, I started to cry. Nothing was going to get better.